0: can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com
1: to learn more. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now i carry a few different things i like to use mouth calls and i like to use pot calls mouth calls or diaphragms i like them because it gives you hand-free calling meaning when you're working a bird up close you can have your gun on your knee finger on the trigger ready to roll and still be making turkey sounds i like pot calls i just like pot calls i enjoy calling with a pot call Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. i just have Yanni use his. Then I'll have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA, and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.
0: Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the whitetail woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler
2: Jones. This is Rutfresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, K.C. Smith, and it is a hunter's wonderland out there right now. Hunters remark around the country how cold weather and winter storms can help them kill big bucks.
3: This is Rut Fresh Radio Podcast brought to you by... Vortex Optics, I'm Tyler Jones, one of your hosts, the other host, K.C. Smith, who you've already heard from, is hanging out with me, we're in the upstairs, we're looking out the window, we're trying <laughs> to find a late season buck. K.C., <gasps> how do we do that?
2: Uh, better ask your camera guys, because they know right. way better than us. Man, they had a good weekend,
3: didn't they? Mm-hmm, they day, did. Good day, man. We had a great day on Texas Public recently. Um, actually, we will be talking about this on our podcast in the very near future. Maybe out depending on when you listen to this. And uh we'll be releasing videos from that day. We had an epic, epic day on Texas Public, and uh all the camera guys got to shoot at some bucks. They did, man. It uh it was kind of wild,
2: uh, and humbling in a way. Not that these guys aren't good hunters, but um you and I kind of the 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 brain children, the OGs of the element the OGs. didn't really have good hunts. Uh, but the other guys out there had some pretty memorable hunts, I would yeah. say. One, dare I say, one person shot their first buck ever. Wow, how cool is that? That is pretty cool. I'm pretty stoked about that. Still, I mean, actually. go
3: ahead and chalk one up to hunter recruitment for the element. You know, that's what I right, mean? dude. Let's go. So yeah, this is field to table at its <laughs> finest. You know what I mean? Like we're just making things happen. Yeah. So,
2: dude, and let me tell you something. <laughs> along with your first buck comes your first field dressing experience. Mm. That's something that I wish the tubes of you would uh,
3: let us explain yeah. a little bit better. I know, man. Uh, if
2: y'all don't know this, um, YouTube is pretty hard on butchery, especially of wild game. Mm-hmm. You can take a hog, like I mean like a pink pig, and <laughs> cut yep. it up. But yep. you start cutting up a wild hog in the field, or a deer, and it's going to get flagged for sure and taken down. So there's like, mm-hmm. it's a really, uh, it's impeding to... um you know, new hunters, because yeah. you can't get the media out you know, there. it's
3: weird, though. It's It depends on who you are and when you put it out and everything else. Because mm-hmm. I believe Mr. Steve has a, a video on field dressing a deer or something that does mm-hmm. pretty well on the media channel. Yeah. You, if you are a new hunter and you're interested in that, you can check that out on their YouTube. I believe it is there. Don't quote me, but I'm like 95% <laughs> sure that's there. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, there was, uh, some learning, some fun, mm-hmm. uh, verbiage that we got to use during that, mm-hmm. um, field dressing yeah. experience for Eric <laughs> to help him to understand what he should cut and what he shouldn't cut, yeah. uh, where he should poke and all that. And, uh, what was awesome is that he didn't have a, a sharp knife at all. <laughs> at all. Nobody had a sharp knife <laughs> on him, actually. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it made things tougher. Make sure you have a sharp knife. Just be careful with it.
2: I, uh. I tried to give him one of those replaceable blade knives earlier in the in the year, and uh, he
3: turned it down. You remember yeah. that? Everybody likes the thought of sharpening a knife uh-huh. until you realize you can't really sharpen a knife that well. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, this makes a to lot of it sense. And you're yeah. like, um, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and use mm. this replaceable and blade. He
2: uh. He re-upped on that offer the other day when we were at my house doing yeah. the uh, the skinning. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, "Hey, I still got that over there." He's like, "Oh yeah, where's it at?" Uh, <laughs> sure enough, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I'll try we'll that. Oh man, this is way nice. <laughs> Pretty nice. Yeah, yeah.
3: So we've had we had a, we had a good time. You know, one one thing that's fun about hunting in the South is that your rut <laughs> tends to extend extend quite a bit, and so like you have this opportunity to get in on some rut action. Um, outside of that normal early November rut window. And so these, these Midwestern states that we've been interviewing a lot this year that have gotten a lot of airplay on this rut fresh podcast, a lot of them are really like they, they almost have like bleak outlook on this late season stuff Mm -hmm. sometimes because it's so just shut down. The deer had such a hard, intense rut. The antlers are broken. The, the bucks are, you know, dying in the cold from being run down and or shot during the rut. There's no rut action. You know, if it's not brutal cold, you can't get them out in the in the daylight sometimes. And so the thing about the south is that, you know, not only is the rut not in a super intense window, you know, quite as bad, but you've got uh, deer that were born, like, you know, this cycle happens where, like, we've seen deer with spots in October. And, I mean, like, like they, legit fawns, you know er, what I mean? Er,
2: Greg and I saw one from the tree that I could still barely see. Yeah. The outline of spot. This thing might have weighed thirty pounds. It was the tiniest. Yeah. And if we have, if we have another big snow, this thing's toast. Yeah.
3: You know, like, and it's too small to make it. And guess what? That deer is six months old in like February. Mm-hmm. And guess what's going to happen? It's, it's going to come, come into, into heat. estrus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have trail camera pictures of giant deer on public in Texas mm-hmm. uh, chasing does around.
2: Oh, and in February, their hawks will be dark as coffee grounds, yeah. man. Like, yeah.
3: And so it's it's cool. It's it's not, like, something you can go out and just bank on. Well, you but, also can't kill them that time of year either. Well, yeah, yeah sure. So, like I'm saying, problems. like, outside of the normal rut, you can't go and just bank on, like, the fact you're going to find the, mm-hmm. the the rut fest. But we have, in fact, found some rut fest recently mm-hmm. on Texas Pub. And when you find that, it's time to get you and your buddies in that area mm-hmm. and set up a wall like, yeah. like they do on a kickoff. It's kind of weird, you know but it,
2: it does seem to work. I mean, the other day we had some success. Nobody
3: killed, but... We were all on them. I mean, if we want to shoot some running shots, you might could have. Yeah, I could <laughs> shot
2: the biggest year we've probably seen on Texas Public. Um, if I want to shoot a twenty-five yard running shot, which yeah. I don't want to do, yep. so uh, uh-huh. it was wild, man, and, yep. and a good time. And, but we really saw it like just in a matter of days, kind of dwindle down. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing about this southern, you know, trickle rut out the back end, like it does, like I don't think that there's many does coming in. We talk about the bell curve. I don't think it's um, perfectly parabolic. You know what I mean? I think yeah, that it's back-loaded down. a little bit more. Oh, okay, You know what I, I mean? I, yep. Like, yep. I don't think that October 16th has near as many does coming in as, like say, December 1st. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. think that the throughout, from about in the south, throughout about the second week of November until the new year, you're going to have does coming in. And I think that... Um, <clears throat> that keeps bucks at least in our in neck a, of the woods there's yeah. some
3: weird southern rut. yeah, yeah there's all kinds right. of crazy stuff but yeah. just
2: in general if you get out of the standardized upper midwest rut cycle mm-hmm. you know um you'll have even pretty far north you still see some of this stuff but what, what i'm getting at is that you'll have deer that um since they aren't at the highest level of hype when it comes to rutness Uh, That's a word. Um, Mm -hmm. They still have to do the bodily functions. I
3: love when you add the word nest Mm. to things.
2: It's good. Yeah, (laughs) It's good. Um, um, uh, So they'll eat, they'll drink, they'll bed, they'll do all the stuff, but they're always still kind of in the mode. Mm -hmm. So like when you see does, it gets you excited. Whenever you're hunting around scrapes or other deer sign, it gets you kind of excited because, I mean, there'll be deer- in the south, hitting scrapes until all the deer seasons are over mm-hmm. from here on out. It's never a bad time to be around one. Yeah. It's also not a bad time to be around food sources mm-hmm. <coughs> because there's less acorns in the woods, acorns mm-hmm. um, for y'all out there, and um, also that you means- guys out there. Uses. You mean? Ewins. Um, <laughs> <you-ins>. uh, <laughs> that means that uh, those deer are either on an ag or if you're in a feed state, they're on the feed. And we actually, in this episode, a couple guys make use of feed- And it's interesting to hear, but um, it's not the uh, huge pile of bait um, type thing. A lot of these guys who are having success using feed are doing it sparingly, but in just the right amounts to kind of hold deer or to slow them down or make them stage in certain spots. I think Mm. there is a pretty good tactic behind hunting bait it's not just shooting pinned deer you know yeah. like it's a lot different than that Man, you never
3: uh, i don't even care like to me it's just so it's such a dumb thing to fight over it's warning out like, for there's, sure there's just there's laws and there's bag limits that take care of this thing and if they need to be adjusted because people are so effective then adjust them mm-hmm. you know let it don't let us kill two deer two bucks in one season which we can't in our county anyway so yeah. you know that's it's like it's just not a deal to me it's like there are good and bad things that come with everything, man. The world's a little bit uh, uh, on the way down, if you know what I mean. So, uh, you know, you could you could say that uh, uh, human water tower is a good thing because we can all have clean, fresh water. But then, uh, are they putting chlorine and all kinds of stuff in fluoride? this? Fluoride, yeah. Don't so look
2: up the side effects <laughs> of fluoride. Yeah, I mean, mm. and
3: so you know, that's like a, a human. Bait pile, you know, it's like a human uh, in water water feature for yeah. the property. You know me. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like it, we can we could fight over things all day, uh, but whether you have uh, whether you leave standing corn in the back of a cornfield or you just go ahead and put you a bunch of standing corn, uh, fallen falling, falling corn. corn on the ground <laughs> back in there, then you know yeah. it's whatever. It or just don't bother alfalfa
2: bells as we hear in here. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different ways to sure to cut this. Yeah, but, um,
3: since I mean, there's all kinds of human interaction. Like, what if you, I mean, do you get to say that rattling's okay if you're introducing this fake rattling horns? Oh, you're deceiving yeah. the deer. You're deceiving wrong. the deer. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we're out there to shoot some deer and eat them. That's what, mm. it, that's what it's about. I'm about to deny it. My wife. Like actually,
2: my wife is texting me right now which meat to get out of the freezer, which all right, is good. dude. Yeah, dude. She
3: can't find the elk, though, can she? No, it's Too buried. far down. <laughs> too far down. <laughs> shot too long ago, yeah. man.
2: So, uh. Speaking of success, we talked to some guys who've been having some success mm-hmm. on the podcast today. Tyler, who are we talking to this week?
3: Man, we got uh we got some new new states involved here. And like we said earlier, they're Midwest guys. Uh, when we reached out to them and they're just so sad that the rut is over. I know, man, we had to talk to some different, they gave people. us some
2: zeros. So we had to, you know, you yeah. can't be having zeros on a buck.
3: That's game, right. You know? So, uh, we, we got Gary Greenwald on the, on the phone. He's a old friend of ours, uh, from Washington state, killed a nice buck up there. Um, Grant Forney, who you guys have heard from already this season, Pennsylvania, uh, which is a cool state, man. Lots of different varied habitat there. Grant t- is talking about mountain country. Um, Another mountain country man, Chris B, uh, was in <laughs> Oklahoma and killing mountain bucks in oklahoma, so we 're pretty uh pretty pretty cool report from there and also our friend Justin Henry from Florida gets to talk about them swampy everglades nasties down there mm. in Florida mm-hmm. they're just, they 're just you call them swamp monsters in some parts of the country, but they 're not monsters in florida they 're just swamp something. well, I think it's monsters more of like the uh uh, scary, you know the
2: connotation of the word. So like, it's like, yeah, they're like scary. Like, yeah. Rah, what's monster. the what's
3: the term for a monster? I'm thinking, I'm blanking on it. Um, we had a guy on our podcast one time that talked about uh, like uh, Bigfoots and stuff.
2: Oh, uh, cryptid. They, yes, cryptid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: Cryptozoology.
2: Cryptid is what. Yes. Yeah, that, so
3: that's that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is this cryptids are yeah kind of uh,
2: supposed fake animals, which. Um, Funny enough, um, Florida and Texas monster deer might be cryptids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Fake deer. laughs> um, but, uh, there's some good ones, man. And, and uh, I don't know. I th- I like talking to people who hunt in unique areas. Um, you know, Justin has some pretty good hunts down there in mm-hmm. Florida, which, you know, you can't even look at Florida on the map and be like, Oh, I want to go hunt there. But you know, people make it work and, and it's all relative, right? If you're getting out and deer hunting and having fun doing what you're doing, um, doesn't matter if it's zero degrees or 70 and humid, you know, yeah. you're still hunting Whitetail. That's what makes them neat, man. It
3: is, man. It really is. They're so diverse, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where like I, when we were out hunting on Texas mm-hmm. Public this weekend, both of us had this weird thing where like, we have struggled so much on some of these properties around, kind of around home or whatever. And it, but it was like, while we were out there, we're like, man, this is, this is, like I've missed this a little mm-hmm. bit. It's weird. Like there's no place like home, like they say, you know. And that's yep. kind of one of those things. Is like you 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 hunt in Florida because you live in Florida, mm-hmm. and that's just what you, you make the best out of what you got, you know. And mm-hmm. like I said earlier, we're out there to eat these things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In in the end, so it's fun to go hunting them in, elsewhere where they're big sometimes yeah. too. But like, yeah, you know, we, we're there to
2: eat them. That uh. We talked to a guy whose state touches the Pacific Ocean. We talked to a guy whose state touches the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean, and they're all hunting whitetail.
3: Yeah. Next thing up, we got to get somebody who touches the Panama Canal. (laughs) There's some down there. (laughs) I know, dude. I know. It'd be cool. One of these
2: days, Uh yeah. Well, let's uh, hear from these guys and get the report. All right.
3: All right, I've got Gary Greenwald here. He hunts up in Washington State, uh, one place that we have not had on the Rut Fresh stuff yet. So we're excited to get the report, Gary. You've had some success recently, right?
4: I did. Yep. Scored on, uh, I think it was the second. So the second.
3: Gotta, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got to yeah.
4: come down from Alaska since I moved up there first time in four years, and things just kind of panned out right with conditions. So
3: it's awesome. So y- yeah, you you have a uh, very uh, methodical approach to it, and it has to do with weather weather conditions, right? Can you talk about that a little bit?
4: Yeah. Well, what we- we- weather and time of year? It's like. You know, everybody wants to hunt the rut, but I'll take the first week of December and some nice cold weather and snow um, anytime from about December 1st to December 7th. And if I get the weather conditions right, I can pretty much guarantee I'll kill a deer. Mm -hmm.
3: And that's... And
4: I've I've got a wall full to show for it.
3: Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) And that's that's based off of like a heavy feed pattern, right?
4: Yeah, it's post-rut feed is what you're really really banking on and then there's some second rud activity as well gotcha so though those two things wrapped up you know those bucks are coming around to feed they're coming around checking for those last few does coming back into heat
3: okay so so you are seeing a little bit of cruising still i guess or
4: yeah the buck that i actually killed i'd actually done a little bleat and grunt sequence about five minutes before and he came in looking wow man that's
3: cool so will that will that hang around for a while or is that something that uh you the
4: second rut stuff will taper off pretty quick, but the the, the feed pattern will stick now through January. Really, yeah.
3: does it get does the does the feed pattern get more intense going forward? Like, uh, is it is it something that with more and more snow it gets more intense, or is it just like pretty much like constant?
4: Yeah, it it it, it will. Yeah, it definitely will. So, I mean, it, it'll be largely weather dependent. Then you know, the more snow we get, the colder it gets, the more intense that feeding will get, and those those deer. It almost seems like I don't know if I want to call it they compete for the food but, but it gets to a point where the daylight movement the the old, and a lot of the older bucks almost come in first to get to the feed mm-hmm. before for the does and the younger yeah. deer do. so so yeah.
2: when you you're talking about feed here uh I am not familiar with the legalities in Washington are you talking about baiting stations or is it an agriculture food source
4: well so we we use I use bait um they they changed our laws quite a bit where we're limited on the amount you can use so really now about half a bale of alfalfa is about as much as we can use but generally that's all it takes and i generally set these things up in transition zones where they're moving out the mm-hmm. ag fields um where they'll get the rest of their feeds. so they're their areas you i'd hunt anyways and the bait just kind of sweetens this pot up a little bit
2: yeah it makes sense uh that's kind of like that uh canada type hunting where you just put out a hay bale in the snow and the big bucks come in yeah huh? <laughs> that's cool yeah. so what's yeah. the uh, major ag food source that those deer are moving to
4: um right now probably winter wheat's the biggest one um and then there there's stubble fields and stuff and volunteer wheat that'll come up underneath and old spilled grain piles they can find every once in a while um and then there's just a lot of natural browse too mm-hmm. at this time of
2: year are you doing any morning hunts or are you shifting specifically so to eat I, I
4: i don't that that's one thing that kind of baffles guys and even my outfit guys like why are not we going out first things so like you're gonna spook all the deer it's like i generally get in the stand about nine o'clock
3: yeah well, it's also freezing cold. You know, I mean, it's a good good time to <laughs> yeah, sit there and drink some right. coffee, right?
4: <laughs> it, it, it's it's hard. The all day sits are hard, I mean, especially when you start off in the dark. But I mean, I, I've done that before. Um, I just never really seen it pan pan out that much. Mm-hmm. So, but I just kind of went away from it. And, you know, I, I've shot deer at ten in the morning and right at the last light, but I've never shot one. I think much earlier in ten in the morning when I'm bow hunting. So
2: So you are getting there in the morning, just not at daylight. Yeah,
4: just not just not, you know, before light.
2: Yeah. What's the strategy as far as uh sticking it out throughout the day? You bringing hot food with you or, or how do you make yourself stay in there?
4: I actually don't I don't eat or drink on stand because I generally don't want to make the noise. Um I generally have heat packs underneath the good gear. Um and that that's in, in good boots just ride it out.
3: So Mm, man, Dude, I, bet I bet you, you eat you, a lot of pizza when you get home. I bet you're Golly, in good shape. You know,
4: yeah, believe me, I eat a lot when I get back. That. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, one last question about this whole process. Like, how are you, what are you assuming is betting in, in that area? How do you find betting and to make that assumption that here's betting, here's the destination? So, I'm going to put alfalfa in between.
4: Um, basically, 30, 30 plus years of hunting out here, I know what's mm-hmm. what for where they're at. Generally speaking, this time of year, in, in this type of terrain, I'd be looking for brushy south slopes, places where they can get some sunlight and find some thermal cover mm-hmm. if they need it when the weather hits. Um, so it, it, it's, like I said, a lot of it's just experience out here, but I, I could replicate
3: the results in
4: other areas knowing what I
3: know. Perfect. Cool. So uh, I hear that you guys got some fresh snow. With that in mind, we did, and whatever else you got coming up, how, how do you feel in the next w- next week? about you know buck movement if you were to rate it on a scale of one to ten what would you rank
4: man (laughs) yesterday it was a 10 when i was elk hunting um i I think it's probably (laughs) going to keep on about like that it's going to get i don't really see it tapering off with this weather um so the guys here in washington i think they got till the 15th to kill a deer it should be good the rest of the way through season and i think idaho opens up on the 10th and those guys you know, they, they can't do the, the, the feeding that we can do, but, you know, if they got a good food source, it should be good for them to, to stick with it and and see decent movement. The, this weather's a, a huge help for that. So
3: Okay. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for giving us the report, and we appreciate it, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you soon, man. All right, hey, man, my you know guy. what? Actually, you never gave us a number.
4: Oh, I, I'd rate it a nine.
3: All right, dude. Yeah, 10 yesterday, nine today, or next week. I think people should get out there and get after if they're in Washington state. Oh, yeah, so definitely. again, thanks for, for doing this thing, man. And we'll be talking to you soon. I'm sure. All
4: right, man. Pleasure guys. Take it easy. See you, man. Thanks.
3: All right. Now I've got Chris B on the line here. We're talking about Oklahoma. You had some success there recently. What's going on, Chris? What's up guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude, for sure, man. I mean, pretty reliable guy, you know, so
5: <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> we can rely um... on
3: you to be hunting deer, you know, at least. So,
6: Yeah, it seems like it's slowing down. It is slowing down. But yeah, this last week in Oklahoma, early December, never really done it before. I actually jumped on a lease with a couple buddies from uh, Unguided Outdoors, and it was uh, was pretty weird. Really high deer numbers. We were kind of in hill country, southeast Oklahoma, and there is an incredible amount of does, like Mm a very unhealthy amount of does um so with that said like the buck that i shot he was actually still out like searching like he i saw him at like 200 yards just running like just looking you know and i just grunted at him and he whipped his head and just came right in um so they i really think that they were still running that hard that late because of the amount of does you know they're trying to breed all of them um Mm -hmm. and that's why it's like a big effort for like our crew To just try to get those doe numbers down because it's making the bucks really unhealthy of just running and competing for food and all that. But yeah, they were still they were still chasing for sure down where I was. We've
3: seen some of that down in this area too. Um, How big was the body size of that buck you shot?
6: Not very big. I mean, we were guessing him at four, um, and he was scrawny. I mean, bony Mm -hmm. and just really run down. And one of the other guys actually saw him in October. And then you know, like I showed him the video and photo. He's like, "Wow!" He's like, "That deer got small."
3: Yeah, those mountain bucks, like, they're they're just those southeast Oklahoma mountain bucks are just kind of like it's mm-hmm. crazy how small they actually are. Sometimes you you mm-hmm. know they just southern climate and running and running up and down those hills, they just get rangy, you know. So. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. They That's like post oak country, right? There's a bunch of post oak acorns on the ground or not? I think
6: so. Yeah, I'm not yeah. super familiar with, with Oklahoma in general, but yeah, they're like super short, maybe 30 feet tall, 20 feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. So are you uh, running cameras in a place like that, you know, like a lease like that and kind of turning target bucks and doing that, or was this kind of a surprise deal for you?
6: This was kind of a surprise deal for me just because this is my first year, but the other guys, I mean, we're trying – this place we're really trying to make something, you know, we're all kind of new on it, but yeah, we'd love to be running cameras and do more of a management. It's a big enough piece to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the biggest thing for us right now on that to make it better is shooting a lot of toes. I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous how many does there. Are. I've never seen a place like it.
2: Is there a tactic to what time of year it's good to shoot does in your opinion?
6: um uh, I've heard it both ways. You know, like shoot them early so that um you you are getting rid of the the competition for food and for rut um like before the rut, and then I've heard you know mm-hmm. shoot them late so that you're not messing up your hunting and everything during the rut. Yeah. So
7: mm-hmm.
6: I don't know. i Like a place <laughs> a place like this, uh it's definitely easier to shoot them later. I think just as a, a a convenience thing. But we've been all the guys. We've been shooting like obviously I've only been down there once. And I actually shot four, like, in one morning. Like, it was ridiculous. And uh, But all the guys have been shooting them all year long. But They uh, tagged out, bro. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was in the tree for an hour, and I shot five deer.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Was yeah, the I, buck the fifth deer you shot? Fourth. <laughs> no,
6: the fourth. I, yeah, I shot, I shot him, and then another doe came in. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to get Dude, down.
3: how many quivers does your bow hold, man?
6: It was five-arrow quiver. Yeah, I was done. I was like, <laughs> we need to get down. another
3: box and we're gonna be watching them oh dude that's wild man that's fun well so you know i guess you guys are still hunting kind of the rut up there uh now when we look forward to next week are you still would you still be kind of like which i don't know you may uh you know you're obviously not going to be there with uh five arrows in one (laughs) one uh sitting but like can like if you were going to be there, would you uh-huh. still be focusing on rut action, funnels, pinch points, those kind of things? Maybe like saddles on in that mountain country, or are you looking at food sources coming up?
6: Yeah, so they're definitely going to be switching to food this next week, and I I think I hit like the last little bit of running, you know, running around, and and bucks were still being. Um, I, I, those are the few days of they're really switching over. I think. You know, bucks mm-hmm. were on food, bucks were still mingling with does and not having to bump them, um, you know, being more cordial yeah. and stuff. So
3: yeah, yeah, I definitely corn, think
6: switching to food.
3: Corn is king in that country too. I know it's like Texas. It is, you know? man. That's, that's a thing, man, for sure. Cattle, so, though, if you look dude, forward,
6: the cattle were driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd have to like just broadcast a little bit out. And it's like the thing yeah. down there too, we're still hunting in good areas, good, normal movement deer areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of like throw a little bit out cause we can, um, and then to keep yeah. some does around or whatever, but
3: yeah. Yep. It's fun, dude.
2: Well, if you look forward to the next week here, if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, what would you rake buck movement going forward?
6: If you got a good cold front, it's going to be really good. It's, it switches again, I think to weather dependency.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Cool, man. Well sounds like some fun times there to be had still with the with uh, some cold fronts coming through and them switching to food uh i mm-hmm. think that's kind of the game of late season so okay. uh, congrats on all the success man I, I wish you uh you know things well in the in the future with uh, your travels and everything else dude and we'll be talking i appreciate you hopping on with us
6: yeah thanks man
1: and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit us at o'reillyauto.com/meat eater. That's o'reillyauto.com/meat eater.
7: First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They are warm, breathable, silent, and odor resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands, so we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, All of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at f-i-r-s-t-l-i-t-e.com.
2: On the phone we've got Grant Forney from the Everyday Outdoorsman. He's been up in PA doing some hunting. Grant, what's happening, dude?
5: Not much. Just uh, staying busy here with hunting season. Awesome time of the year. So looking forward to the next time I can get out here. Thanks for having me yeah. on, guys.
2: You're welcome, dude. How much hunting do you get to do? I know you you uh, you work hard and you hunt hard. So how's that work out for you?
5: Yeah, it's um I get out a pretty good amount. Um yeah. usually try to get out at least one weeknight plus the weekends Mm -hmm. and then plus about uh two weeks of vacation time a year for hunting so you know the past couple years i probably average uh probably average around like 40 40 days a year i make Mm -hmm. it out which is you know pretty good for my situation so
2: yeah um, that's awesome man Um, now
5: the long season helps with that too i can I can hunt um all the way through the end of January so that that's yeah. a little bit of That time. is a and long season. End,
2: so When you're uh when you're thinking about PA, when what time of year is your favorite? Are we coming up like you like this late season stuff that we're looking at here? It
5: can be good. Um ideally, I'd like to have my buck tag filled by now in PA since we're a one mm-hmm. buck eight, but uh wasn't fortunate enough to uh to get a buck this year during our first archery season. So We're halfway through gun season now and I've still got my buck tag, which uh, Mm -hmm. isn't a bad thing either because I do like hunting this time of year. Uh, Yeah. PA gets a lot of pressure on the public land during gun season, but it still can be good hunting. Uh, One of the biggest things this time of year is like this this is the best time of year for hunting the overlooked spots if you're hunting public land. I mean, this is when pressure is at its highest and if you... If you have a spot on public land that's overlooked, whether it's, uh, a spot that nobody thinks of close to parking, or if it's just so deep that nobody wants to go to it, like this is the time a year where you can do well at those spots.
3: What's the weather like this time of year, typically
5: it's, uh, you know, it varies a lot, honestly, uh, right now. Um, like this week we have some days with highs in the fifties, which is pretty warm, but, a lot of times it'll be like lows will be in the twenties, highs will be uh like mid thirties high thirties uh those are kind of the temperatures we look for right now, so uh, like this morning was perfect. I wish I could have been out this morning so
3: yeah does if you snow cannot, help What's that? does snow help you or in this time of year?
5: Yeah, yeah, snow can definitely help uh like when I'm hunting up in up in the mountains in northern p a if we got some snow, that's good for uh track and and being able to locate deer this time of year for sure so i definitely look for that you know look for uh still look for those those cold mornings those cold temps and uh trying to find those overlooked spots or just just areas in general that haven't had pressure during gun season you know if you can uh combine those two things you can still have some really good hunting here uh during gun season
3: how do you uh what's your best tip or two for finding if a, uh, a soft spot, essentially if where a place where pressure is non-existent this time of year?
5: Uh, I would look for places that are just hard to access, even if they're not far. So like a place where you might have to cross a Creek or you might have to, uh, get through some really nasty stuff to get to the backside of maybe a public piece. Uh, Look for uh, really steep terrain a lot of our mountain bucks in this state this time of year will will really head to that steep stuff and people don't really want to walk that stuff either so mm-hmm. those are definitely the things I look for uh this time of year.
2: How are you hunting steep terrain? are you hunting a trail that's uh you know kind of running parallel to the to the ridge or or how does that look?
5: yeah sometimes that sometimes a a trail on the top of the ridge that's running parallel with the ridge or Uh, a big thing too, is looking for benches in that steep Mm. terrain, even if it's just a very subtle bench, you know, just a, just a very narrow flat spot where those deer are going to, going to, going to run the side of a steep mountain. Uh, we key in on those and, and have done well on those. And, uh, you know, even, even like for still hunting, like if you're going to, um, have a windy day or a rainy day where the leaves are wet and you're going to, uh, cover some ground, try to, try to find a buck. If you just walk, you know, the top of a ridge, looking down over the side, um, sneak along there and uh, and try to find a buck that's bedded down uh, on mm. the side of the hill before he sees you, you know, or wins you. That's a good mm-hmm. way to hunt too, you know, especially during gun season when when you've got the advantage to be able to, to reach out there a little bit more with some more range.
2: Yeah, man, that's actually pretty exciting. It sounds like a fun hunt. So as you look forward to this uh, mid-December time period, what do you expect the buck movement to be like?
5: I would say coming up, I would give it like a six uh, with the the opening week of gun season pressure, maybe dying off a little bit. I think it can, can almost get better here uh, mm. later in the gun season. Uh, you know, six still doesn't sound great, but maybe compared to uh, after, after the first three days of gun season, I would probably rate the buck movement at only like maybe a two or three when they're feeling all that pressure. So you know compared to that a 6 a 6 is pretty good compared yeah. to what we were seeing you know just a little bit ago so i think absolutely uh, you know if anybody I mean, it works not, every
3: time 60% of the
5: time <laughs> so right, man. Yeah. i mean i <laughs> mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: that's awesome grant well dude i hope you are able to capitalize on that still available bug tag that you have there in pa man i, I know that uh it's kind of a little bit uh, maybe disheartening to still have a tag this time of year, but that means you get to hunt, dude, and mm-hmm. that's exciting. Yeah. So I hope you hope you can find a good one.
5: Yeah, well, I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I hope so, too. But like you said, hey, it's never a bad thing to, to still be able to be out there hunting. So going to give it my best try here Uh, this last week of gun season and then into late archery season.
2: Awesome, man. Well, thanks, Grant. Appreciate the, the uh, info, dude.
5: Yeah, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it.
2: I have got Justin Henry here. He is a hunter in Florida. Man, you've been uh taking some uh some liberty and going and doing a little hunting there in Florida, I believe, right? Yes, sir.
8: Yeah, the, yeah. Um, the weather's been a little on the warm side, but uh still gotta get out when you can.
2: Okay, so that's relative across the country. Tell me what warm weather is where you're at there in Florida for deer hunting. Uh
8: you know, normally this time of the year, December mornings. Are- usually the high 50s and you know the the highs are usually about 70 to 75 and mm-hmm. that's generally what it's been and we've had uh, the humidity's been kind of dissipating with y'all in texas y'all know all about that wonderful humidity oh yeah mm. <laughs> so uh
2: we're actually looking forward to um
8: maybe some cooler weather this week possibly not sure Good man.
2: Mm. So, um what time of the year is y'all's rut where you're at?
8: Uh Central Florida, where I'm at, is typically during our muzzleloader season. So we'll call it mid October.
2: Okay, gotcha. So you are on a post rut pattern down there where you're at right now. So what are the what are the deer doing? Um, really kind. I think with the with the with
8: the weather. I mean, I know they're always used to being hot, but it it's it trickles. It's spotty. Um, you know, I say our rut is is mid October, but it it really. I mean, you could go across the street and there's pockets. It could be three weeks later or, or so on and so forth. But um, seen a lot of does on camera. Talked to a few buddies. Um, seen some smaller uh, bucks. Nothing mature has been poking out. Um, a couple guys did say the past two days though that their cameras have been lighting up with some more mature deer on it so thinking maybe they might start be start uh daylighting a little more
7: mm-hmm.
3: so i got two questions here they're in the same vein <laughs> yep one is what kind of agriculture could these deer be using to feed on when i think of post rut i think of i think of food right and yep. then the second one would be well, you know is there other native food sources as well that they're they would be keen on in post rut post-rut situation
8: uh right now so i went out uh monday to hang some cameras and all i could hear was acorns raining still Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. in the swamp i'm still finding acorns all over the ground uh you know we had some hurricanes so we were flooded out pretty bad in a lot of our uh low-lying areas but um, acorns i feel like right now are still keen i mean if they're if they're in their area and they're dropping i feel like acorns are still there on them
3: okay is there uh, do, I mean do they is there any planting that goes on in the agricultural space that of you know it's a food source for deer or is it uh, like sugarcane or what what do you got nah,
8: that that would be more south Florida uh, okay, yeah, the more ag field type I will not even call them ag fields, but uh the switchgrass fields and the sawgrass and things
2: like that that's kind of where we have patches of them in central
8: Florida, but that's more South Florida. It's pretty much gotcha. just woods or food plots. Gotcha. gotcha.
2: So hurricane season pretty much lines up with deer season. How bad does that affect uh, what you have going on? Do you think that since y'all did have a storm there kind of late October, does that mean that there's does that didn't get bred so the rut could be weird this year?
8: You know, I haven't thought about that, but I do believe that possibly could be a possibility. I mean, you're talking a three-day uh, a three day occurrence where we had uh, 20, 26 to 30 inches of water in a 24-hour period. So, I mean, I'm sure that That's disturbed, yeah, I'm sure it disturbed them, <laughs> moved them to high ground quickly. Um, so.
3: We yeah. had that much rain last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a first.
8: That was, uh, that was, that was quite crazy, actually. That was yeah, one man. of the worst hurricanes I've been through.
2: Well, glad you made it through, all right, mm-hmm. man. So, as going forward, you know, you're looking uh, at kind of this mid-December time period. What do you expect the deer to be doing right now?
8: Um, I would have to say, should start to pick up just a little bit just looking at the weather forecast for the future you know the further we creep into december usually the weather gets a little bit better um so hopefully they'll uh maybe creeping in and out you know 30 minutes after daylight 30 minutes before mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
2: yeah so that uh makes sense for a late season pattern man you just got to try to find a place where they're on their feet in shooting light right mm-hmm. it's kind of hard so Uh, last question here. If you had to rank buck movement for the next week on a scale of one to 10, what would you think the bucks will be doing? I'm going to have to give it a, a six. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's a pretty positive number. I like it. 60% of the time, dude.
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, man. Well, thanks for doing this, dude. Good luck down there in Central Florida. That's a, it's a unique place you get to hunt, man. So I hope y'all can fight them skeeters off and find a good big buck down
3: there. Go Black Knights, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: there you go. <laughs> I appreciate y'all.
3: As you can see, the winter can bring some success. December can be a great month. So I would highly suggest getting out there and hunting a little bit. And I would also suggest, like I mentioned earlier, um, if you don't really know a lot about field dressing and or butchering, Your deer. There are a couple of videos that we will link to below that uh, show you how. Steve, Mr. Steve Ranella shows you how to do that. And also, if you need a little encouragement as to why December deer hunting
2: can be amazing and you're missing out if you're not going, you should go check out Tony Peterson's latest article and then also check out the Element podcast because you'll hear the story of how two public land mature deer in Texas go down in one day from the Element crew. It's going to be an awesome podcast. Them boys is fresh. Y'all remember to keep it fresh. This has been Rut Fresh.
0: Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more.
7: First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They're warm, breathable, silent, and odor-resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands, so we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, All of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at f-i-r-s-t-l-i-t-e.com.